I don't know. <laughs> stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. It is midnight in Cozy Corner and in the galaxy far, far away. Pour yourself a cup of Jawa juice, put your feet up, and get ready to howl at the twin sons of Tatooine. It is time for the late-night fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Tonight, we're talking about the Mandalorian. It is time for the Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith right here on WKMF Cozic on our public radio. I'm done with that Star Wars crap, and I'm done with you. Damn, Harrison. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very Jedi co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the new series, The Mandalorian. You are correct. The Mandalorian, which just premiered on the Disney Plus streaming service. The first episode premiered on November 12th, 2019. If you were trying to watch it on November 12th, 2019, you were probably having some issues because Mickey needed more. Uh, what's, what's what I'm looking for? Needed, Mickey needed more uh, bandwidth. <laughs> It made the national news, the fact that the Disney Plus streaming service was having some serious <laughs> issues. But I do believe that the issues uh, for The Mandalorian were quite worth it. Yes. What about you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So let's get into it. Uh, the Mandalorian is the new live action series on Disney Plus. As we said, this is the first live action Star Wars series after, let's see, six original movies, four Disney movies. Notice I made the uh, the line of demarcation there, the four uh-huh. Disney movies. Uh, there have been several animated television series, but uh, this is kind of a big deal because George Lucas himself pitched a Star Wars live-action series sometime after Revenge of the Sith in 2005. Not sure how much is in this, you know, how much of his idea, because it was going to be with the underworld and bounty hunters and Boba Fett and things of that nature. Not sure how much of that survived into this, uh, but I do like what we have here. So, Faith, let me ask you a question to start off. What do you think of Star Wars, just Star Wars in general? Um, The first six... (laughs) I'm a huge fan of. Yes. Then I, uh, I don't know, I kind of drifted away from the newer ones, if you if you will. But overall, I love the movies. They're so much fun. Well, Star Wars is the work of a genius. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is the work of George Walton Lucas Jr. from Modesto, California. He is a graduate of the USC Film School, and George Lucas is a genius. How do I know he's a genius? I've seen American Graffiti and I've seen Star Wars and George, George Lucas is a genius. And what he did with that original movie and a good friend of mine put it best recently. He said what George did was he created a world and then he just ran a story right up the middle of Mm -hmm. it. And the world is interesting and fascinating and alien, but the story is so universal to everybody. And he just ran that story just right up the middle of that. And it's a story that we all know. We'd all heard that story before that movie even came out. It's a it's a classic story. 
it just so happens to take place in space with all these cool creatures and aliens. And we recognize those characters. You know, we recognize the archetypes that those mm-hmm. characters are in that original movie. And even in the prequel trilogy, we recognize those things. They're familiar to us, even though that that location is so exotic. And uh, I do. I really think it's the work of a genius. Yeah. And uh, what is it that you think? Because we're 42 years removed wow. from the original Star Wars. What is it about this property that keeps us coming back? I don't know. Again, there's there's so much fun. And I don't know. There's just something about them. There's just this quality to them. I don't know. Yeah. You know? I was part of the generation that grew up with the original trilogy. And uh, for me, it's not a nostalgia thing anymore where I feel like I'm five years old right. watching that movie. I keep seeing things that I never saw in those original movies you right. know, every time I watch them. And I watch them regularly. You mm-hmm. know, I, I at least do the trilogy once a year. And you and I recently within the past year did the original movie. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that struck the both of us, cause it was the first time I had sat down and watched that from start to finish. And we did it in one sitting. How funny that movie really is. It's because it, at about the 30 minute mark, uh, Harrison Ford as Han Solo comes in at 42 minutes, I think into the film. And it just kind of becomes a comedy. Yeah. It's, it's really a, funny movie that's that's what's so i think overlooked about that movie sometimes is how funny it is and how funny and amazing the people in that movie are so we have fond feelings towards the original trilogy we also you know and there's a uh, a line among fans sometimes that the prequel trilogy is not as good as the original trilogy i think he was telling a much deeper story in those i think uh they're i think they're just as good as the originals i I have no problems with them um the prequels are kind of gaining in prestige now mm-hmm. with what's coming out with what we have coming out but um so let's get into 2012 the genius george lucas sells to the mouse house <laughs> in 2015 we get the first movie the force awakens now we went and saw that movie together mm-hmm. and we didn't walk out with a bad taste in our mouths right um we've come our opinion of that movie has kind of started to to dip exactly. a bit <laughs> Now, for me, and, and this is all preface to where we're going with, with The Mandalorian here. So this is, for all of you out there, this is building towards something. You know, so we weren't initially turned off by Disney Wars. Right. Now, once we'd gotten away from it, and, and for me, when I looked at it, the reason that I was kind of taken with The Force Awakens wasn't because of practical effects like they kept, you know, they kept, remember they kept hammering mm-hmm. practical effects. We're making it like the old movie. They made it just like they do modern movies. For me, it was seeing Harrison Ford as Han Solo again, which was something I never thought I would get to see right. in my lifetime. And so the nostalgia blinders were definitely <laughs> on with me. And and I enjoy his performance in that movie. And that, for me, is what carried that movie you know, yeah. across the finish line. Yeah. Then we got into Rogue One. Again, we didn't have an unfavorable opinion of that movie because I remember I leaned over to you and I said, when the uh, X-Wing squadron shows up and it's the guys from the original mm-hmm. 77 movie that they got, you know, and I remember going, where did they get, how did they do that? You know, is this CG? And they had the old takes from the, from the mm-hmm. archive. Rogue One has a lot of problems, mm-hmm. but again, we weren't angry we didn't walk out and you're just kind of like, okay, you know, that was, yeah. that was fun, I guess, you know, <laughs> then 
in 2017, this weird thing started happening that some people saw coming and some people didn't see coming. And that movie was The Last Jedi. And we both really kind of fell off with The Last Jedi. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff out there about the uh, the social justice uh, aspects of that, the, the hardcore intersectional feminist uh, aspect of that movie. I didn't care about any of that. I just didn't think it was a very good movie. Yeah, I agree. I think I was falling asleep through it. You were. You were. <laughs> uh, and I was falling asleep right next to you. And I had seen it the night before you. And I said, this is really bad. And you were like, I still kind of want to see it. And I said, I'm going to go with And I went with you. Because I, I wasn't sure if my blood sugar was low or something. You know, I was like, maybe maybe I was just in a bad headspace when I was watching the movie. And no, I was in. And I've only seen it the two times. I, I did watch parts of it on Netflix. And I just went, yeah, I was right. I never like, watched it again. <laughs> and, and it just really rang hollow. And then we went and saw Solo because we're gluttons for punishment. <laughs> and the movie was okay. But it was lacking that thing. Yeah, it it didn't speak to me. You know, I just it felt like ugh. a Frankenstein kind of mishmash. And I and Alden, um, I forget his last name. He, I just didn't feel like he was channeling Han Solo. Mm-mm. You know, okay. So these are all you know nitpicks. And but I felt like we needed to talk about where we were with Disney Star Wars, right? Because we're going into the Mandalorian here, which is Disney Star Wars. Okay. What were your expectations going in with everything that we just said? Because like I said, and and I mean this sincerely, when we walked out of The Last Jedi, we were kind of done. Yeah. And we only went to see Solo out of just morbid curiosity because a friend of mine had said, no, it's all right. You know, and it wasn't. We didn't think it was. Um, What were your expectations with The Mandalorian? I kind of rode the line of not really having too many and kind of being disappointed in a way just from where we had last left off, you know? Yes. And uh, that's really where I was, just not really knowing what we were going to get, how good this was going to be. So. My expectations were so low Mm -hmm. that if it had a beginning, middle, and end, like, the bar was that low. It just had to step over that, like, (laughs) you know, to be coherent. And I would have been like, okay, this is... (laughs) This is a step in the right direction. So we have a really great creative team behind this. John Favreau, the architect of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, who kicked this this whole uh, MCU off with 2008's Iron Man. He is the uh, creator. He is the showrunner. He's executive producer. And he's the writer of, I believe, five out of these eight or nine episodes. Uh, He, John Favreau, I, I have a very high respect for John Favreau. Dave Filoni who is the uh, mastermind behind the Star Wars Clone Wars uh, animated series, which is a wonderful show. He and George Lucas are very close. George Lucas has actually said in interviews, oh, yes, he's like my son. Okay, so Dave Filoni, uh, you know, has spoken with the creator, is really on the in mm-hmm. with what Star Wars is and should be and can be and could be. So we had tempered expectations going in. I saw those two guys' names attached to it, and I, got, I did get excited. But again, right. you're dealing with Disney, you're dealing with Kathleen Kennedy, and uh, that you know big bag of BS. That's that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> there's there's some problems in Lucasfilm land. Yeah. 
With all of this said, what did you think of The Mandalorian? I was highly surprised that I was very impressed with this. I liked it a lot. It kept me entertained the whole time. What about you? I was pleasantly surprised at how much I absolutely adored this and how much watching this felt like Star Wars. Yeah. It actually felt like Star Wars again. Mm -hmm. Did, Did it make you mad? Because it made me mad because I went, we could have had this for the entire time. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And let me say this because uh, we've gotten into some trouble with a few people over a few things that we've said here. And we try to be very respectful of all of these properties that we talk about. If you like all of those Disney movies, more power to you. We're not talking bad about you Mm -mm. or your opinion. We just don't happen to like them. Mm -mm. That's, that's where we're at with this. Okay. Um, but it had lowered my expectations going in. This felt like Star Wars, and it made me a little upset because I really, I was like, we could have had I know. this. I know. Could you have imagined Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford in something that felt like yeah. this? So let's get into it with a very short plot synopsis here. There will be spoilers from this point on. It's kind of hard to talk about this without spoiling it. Yes. Um, Here we go. Five years after the fall of the Empire, a Mandalorian bounty hunter collects a bounty after a scuffle exchange in a bar. He he meets with his guild's leader, Grief Karga, who mostly has low-paying bounties, which will not cover traveling expenses. Looking to get a big bounty, Karga gives him only an address of his next client who wants the bounty to be private. The client, who uses Imperial Stormtroopers as bodyguards, gives the Mandalorian a vague target to bring alive. The only information he is allowed to give is an age 50 years old and last known location. After receiving Beskar, a special medal given to him by the client to get an armor upgrade, the Mandalorian meets with the armorer who melts the metal to give the Mandalorian shoulder armor. The armorer says the metal was gathered in the Great Purge and the excess will sponsor other foundlings. The Mandalorian says he was once a foundling. The Mandalorian travels to the desert planet and meets a native named Cool who wants to help him so that he can be rid of the criminals and mercenaries who now inhabit the area. Cool teaches the Mandalorian to ride a blur, as there are no land speed vehicles to traverse the area, and sends him to where the bounty is located. Upon reaching the hideout, the Mandalorian is forced to team up with bounty droid IG-11. They manage to clear the entire facility and discover that the bounty is a green, big-eared infant creature, the same species as Yoda. IG-11 plans to kill it, but the Mandalorian blasts the droid to protect the baby and his bounty. So that was the story for Chapter 1, as they call it. As we said, premiered on November 12, 2019. Mm -hmm. What did you think of the story here? I loved it. I think from the moment it began, it pulls you right in. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Part of the greatness of Star Wars is the mythology aspect of it with, uh, you know, that that great mythological Joseph Campbell hero of a thousand faces thing that they have going on. But there's so much fun in this world. There's Mm -hmm. the underworld. You know, Han Solo comes from the underworld. He's a smuggler. There's the, uh, you know, all of the criminal enterprises of Jabba the Hutt. We meet the bounty hunter Boba Fett. So there's a space fantasy, space opera aspect to Star Wars, but there's also a Western aspect to Star Wars because the movie feels like old Westerns that John Ford would have made. Did you get a Western feel from The Mandalorian? Yes, I did. 
huge Western feel. It feels, it feels like Star Wars, but it feels like something intertwined with it, you know? I'm so glad you said that because this to me is what we, when we said we could have had this, Mm -hmm. okay? I feel like The Force Awakens was just treading on that nostalgia. And I said that. I went in and I saw Harrison Ford. I got excited. I overlooked a lot of problems that movie had. This feels like an expansion of the universe. Mm-hmm. You're seeing familiar things, but you're exploring them in a, in a new way. Right. That's what made me so happy watching this. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the title character, the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian character kind of harkens back to Clint Eastwood's Man With No Name from A Fistful of Dollars for a Few Dollars More, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, which is where Boba Fett uh, came from. And if you watch The Empire Strikes Back, when Boba Fett walks, he does uh, have... Um, what do they call them? Um, uh, on the boots. Um, um, it's escaping me right now. Uh, spurs. The, the sound of spurs jingling and jangling. Uh, <laughs> forgive me for that. It was just the moment. We had a little too much coffee before the show. But uh, he, uh, so he harkens back to, to that uh, man with no name. What did you think of the Mandalorian here? And he's played by Pedro Pascal, who uh, is famous for Narcos, which is on Netflix. And he is, in my estimation, a Burt Reynolds lookalike oh, in a lot of ways. I love him. I just watched a movie recently with him. I loved him in it. Um, and let me say this. I'm not 100% sure if he's in the suit. I'm pretty sure he is from what I've read. But okay. you're, you're hearing his voice. But right. uh, let's, we're going to assume that he is in the suit. Okay, so assuming he's in the suit, I think he's amazing. And I think the voice is even, I like that, again, like you said, there's, there's no, there's no face. You just hear this voice. Yeah. You see this, this thing walking. I think it's awesome. He's very authoritative yes. and uh, there's something very badass about yes. him. And the thing is like, you're not told that he's a badass. You just see <laughs> you just that see he's it. a badass. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of his arc here in this first one? Because I feel like there's more to his backstory mm-hmm. that uh, we're going to be exploring they should. Do you have any thoughts on what that might be with the foundling? Uh, I know they've explored the Mandalorians in other media like uh, the Clone Wars. I, I'm not intimately familiar with that, so I can't sure. venture an opinion. But do you feel like his story, we're going to get more of that I, backstory? I think so. I think so. I think that maybe the way he acts in that some badass way is some type of front maybe he puts on for yeah. maybe the life he's had or you know, something yeah. bothering him, something going on. I think there's definitely more to him. One of the things, and and again, I don't want to seem like we're kicking the horse that is Disney Star Wars, but one of the, the big uh, complaints about Disney Star Wars is the character of Rey, played by Daisy Ridley mm-hmm. in Force Awakens and Last Jedi. And she's overpowered, mm-hmm. and she's perfect, and she can do anything and everything, and there's no trials and tribulations. Right. Did you feel that with The Mandalorian? No. I feel like there's definitely trials and tribulations he has to go through you know? <laughs> one of the things that impressed me was they're making him earn it like mm-hmm. he he's not perfect he's not right. this badass boba fett uh character who just you know has all the answers and just right. you know he walks in and boom 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 no exactly. no he struggles a little bit mm-hmm. and i think it lends humanness to him yeah. because we can't see his face right. that's the thing yeah he feels relatable even though you don't know who he is really you know <laughs> yeah yeah and do you feel like he's a he's a badass and, and you know the faceless warrior? But do you feel like he's a good guy or a bad guy? Do you how do you where are you seeing his his moral compass? I'm gonna lean a little bit good. I don't know why I say that, but I feel like there's a good side to him in a way. 
Yeah, one of the things uh, Boba Fett is notorious for having his own moral code, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I think he's going to have that. It might be a Mandalorian thing. I'm not right. sure, but uh, I, yeah, I think he's going to have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Is what's is what's going to be. So let's get into it. What did you think of the first bar scene? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I like when he walks in and there's that whistling. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was the door or the wind coming through, yeah. but there was like that that whistling sound, and mm-hmm. he just whips those guys' ass. You know. <laughs> We have an appearance from Saturday Night Live alum Horatio Sands as the uh, bounty he's picking up there. The Mithar, I believe, is what it's is is what he's called. Uh, I know he only uses the toilet once every solstice or something like this. Did you realize that with Hor- Horatio Sands? No. <laughs> I saw him and I went, I know this guy. And you like, had texted me that he was in it, but I don't even think I realized that was yeah. <laughs> Um my future brother-in-law texted me. He was watching it. And he was like, man, I'm loving it. I said, man, did you see Horatio Sands? He's like, no, he was in it. And I was like, in that voice. And I was like, I know who this guy is, but I couldn't place him, you know, at the time. Right. And uh, I thought he was, I thought he was really great. Yeah. There was a comedian named Brian Posehn who is uh, familiar. He's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, he's one of these guys. The you don't recognize the name when you see him. He was the uh, speeder uh, captain okay. uh, who told him to stay off the ice. But, I feel like in this first episode, we also get more creatures and more mm-hmm. new stuff than we do in four, four movies. Four movies, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and I'm not huge on the creature stuff, but like the world, I love the world building. Though. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't watch Star Wars for the creatures, but I, I kept going, this is cool. This is yeah. cool. And you see this guy in his element. Mm-hmm. And you get the call back to Empire Strikes Back with the Carbonite. You know, what did you yes. think of that? Wasn't that cool? I got really excited when I saw that, actually. I was like, that's. I, I like the. Uh, again, it's not really a nostalgic thing. I don't feel like. Did you feel like it was? I didn't feel like it was a nostalgic. I feel like it's just a nice. I felt like it was a natural yes. callback to Empire exactly. Strikes Back, and this is how this guy would would do this. Exactly. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. I like the little tie-ins with stuff from the old movies. I love it. But it never felt like it was trading in on that. No. Not you know, at all. like hey, remember the member berries from South Park? Of course, you know, member, member, you know, remember this. No, no, no. It was like being used in yeah. in a natural for way. For the story. For not, the story. Not for yes. nostalgia reasons. Yeah. So then he goes and meets Grief Karga. Faith, I'm going to let you tell the listeners out there who plays Grief Karga because he is one of our absolute favorites from yes. one of our absolute favorite movies of all time. <laughs> and what a treat it is to see him in this world. Faith, who plays Grief Karga? Nick Nolte. And let me tell you, he is amazing. Oh, Faith. <laughs> Faith, we're gonna have to revoke your geek card. Grief Cargo was his uh, fence. What? Carl Weathers. Oh my God, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all right. I'm sorry. Uh, you had right. me switch into. We've that. got new names. That's We've got where new I was. Names. Oh my God. But, uh, Apollo Creed. That's right. <laughs> himself. Himself. Uh, See, I told you I'm not good with names. It's all people. right. I don't even know these. It's kids. all right. Uh, Carl Weathers, though, plays Grief Cargo. How was it seeing seeing the heavyweight champion of the world? I always in love this? seeing because he's a he's a great actor. Yeah. He's, you know, he's not just. Oh, everything he's in, I love. Yeah, this great, because he was, he's so fit in those Rocky movies. And Stallone says, Carl Weathers is the greatest on-screen boxer in the history of, uh, mm-hmm. of film. He has that one scene and he's awesome. How much do you want to see Grief Karga in this? Oh More of Grief Karga. Let's just have a whole show about it. <laughs> Question, because uh, we really don't know where this is going. Grief mm-hmm. Karga. Uh, how are we feeling about him? Do you think he's on the good side of things, bad side of things? Do you think he is possibly going to double cross the Mandalorian? And mm. isn't it cool that the Mandalorian does not have a name? 
I don't know, right? Now, that's a good question. I don't know where I am with him. What are you thinking about him? Uh, well, Carl Weathers plays egotistical better than anybody, <laughs> maybe in the history of movies. If you haven't seen Rocky and Rocky 2, go see them right now. I could see him double-crossing him because that's part of you know the, yeah. the criminal thing. I could see that, you know, but I could also see him being an ally. So I, I'm not sure yet. True. I didn't get a vibe one way or the other. I didn't either. So then the great director, Werner Herzog, is the, well, he, we don't know if he's an Imperial. He's the client. Uh, he has Imperial stormtroopers as bodyguards. What did you think? Because Werner Herzog is one of the greatest directors of all time, and he, and he occasionally acts. What do you think of his presence here? Because I think his presence really lends something to this. Again, everybody we have in here, I feel like is so good and much needed, you know? Yeah. I think he was great. Yeah, me too. Now we get to it. The Ugnot. The <laughs> Ugnot, uh, the species was introduced in The Empire Strikes Back in the carbon freezing scene. They're the little race of pig people. Uh, I didn't realize that he had a name until I saw this. Uh, See, I didn't know the, the I synopsis know the either. Yeah. Cool, <laughs> uh, I, I guess. Quill, I don't exactly know how to pronounce it. I've been calling him the Ugnot. Uh, Faith, who plays the Ugnot? Sorry, listeners. Nick Nolte, please. Nick Nolte. <laughs> How awesome was Nick Nolte in this? Oh, my God. (laughs) He's amazing. I think that every scene that he's in, he steals. And I'm sorry that I did not know your character's name. (laughs) That's that's all right. He forgives you. Um, I loved seeing Nick Nolte in this. Could you see Nick Nolte in the uh, in the motion capture? A little bit, yes. I can see in the eyes. Mm -hmm. That voice really suits the uh, the character. And the little details they're putting in here, like uh, the little Ugnot saying, you know, I have spoken. Mm-hmm. You know, he says that like kind of like this conversation's done. I have spoken. Mm-hmm. And uh, he it's really interesting because he just wants these people out of there. The mercenaries yeah. that are guarding this this Yoda creature. Uh, we have one other character to talk about the IG-11. Uh, he is played by uh, Taika Watiti, I believe is his name. Uh, he's a director of Thor Ragnarok and uh, pops up occasionally in uh as an actor, uh, what did you think of the IG-11? I thought he was actually one of my favorite parts of this. He was, too. He was kept trying just, to self-destruct. I know. <laughs> that was actually one of my favorite parts of the whole entire show. Uh, he's he's really cool. He's kind. He feels kind of different than... Yeah, it was nice yeah. seeing that droid do mm-hmm. its thing, too. What did you think of the humor in the episode? Because I felt like there was a lot of nice little humorous moments that weren't over the top jokes or setups right. you know like the little thing with nick nolte i have spoken mm-hmm. you know uh him trying to ride the blurg which was wonderful <laughs> you know um ig11 you know self-destruct you know um yeah I how loved are you it. on all that I, th- I loved it i think it tied in good to the show i think it it brings a little bit of i don't know a little lightheartedness to it you know <laughs> to the story absolutely and then we get to the end what did you think of the end of this because I, in my head, when he said that the bounty was 50 years old, I was going, okay, what character are we going to be seeing here? Because Han and Leia are too young, mm-hmm. you know, because this is five years after Return of the Jedi. 50 years old. Who is, is it an old Jedi? You know, like, where are we going with this? Did you have any idea what it was going to be? I didn't. Did you? I had, At all? Again, I was racking you my just, brain but going. you never came up with it? I <laughs> never came up with it. What did you think of what we got here? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> With what we got. <laughs> and we did indeed get a baby Yoda. We did. Uh, what did you think of baby, little baby uh, Yoda? Now, it's not Yoda, obviously. Right. Uh, so we're going to call it baby Yo-Yo from here on out. <laughs> baby Yo-Yo. 
I want one. Me too. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at with it. Me too. The last shot, there was something very kind of touching. He reaches out his mm-hmm. hand to it, and they're reaching towards each other, and then we go to uh, the credits. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of shocking. I was I was shocked at it's a baby yo-yo. You know, what are we – and uh, apparently from what I've read, the series is actually going to explore that uh, species. Good. So – we're gonna be getting the Mandalorian species and Yoda species. So is not this a baby great? the whole time? I don't know. Oh, it needs to. I don't know. <laughs> and this is all apparently coming from George Lucas. Very cool. Who uh, has clued in John Favreau to all this? He asked George for some stuff, and this is this is what we got. Awesome. So, um, visual effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of of all that? I'm a fan of it. Again, Did, everything about this. The show so far, I'm loving. Did it feel like uh, a newer movie, or did it feel like it harkens back to the original uh, Star Wars? I feel like it's a kind of good mix of both. You know what I mean? Same it here. It kind of feels new, but it still feels like kind of old Star Wars at the same time. Right. You know, it's kind of right. kind of blend. I don't know. I, I think it looks so good. I, I completely agree. And we're going to be doing these uh, as they come out each week. Do you have any idea where this is going to go? I really don't know. I'm, I don't either, and I'm excited to see yeah. what they're going to do with it. Me too. It. Me too. Uh, I, I feel like they have a really good creative team I think uh, so working too. on this. Like I'm actually really excited to see where this goes, and I'm shocked that I am. <laughs> right. I'm uh, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. And we still have Giancarlo Esposito mm-hmm. is going to show up. Um, uh, I keep wanting to I, – I always forget her name. The uh, the MMA fighter is going to uh, oh. pop up. Uh, Gina Carano. There you go. She's going to be the female lead in this. So okay. um, very exciting. Very excited. I'm excited about going back to a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. My only gripe is that they didn't use that on, on screen. They didn't mm-hmm. put the long time ago. Um, final question. Does this have you uh, more excited – Less excited or about the same amount of, as excited for Rise of Skywalker coming out. Oh, I don't really have any thoughts. <laughs> I don't have any on it either. This I don't think this is the savior of Star Wars like they're proclaiming. Um, hopefully we get a good Obi-Wan Kenobi show out of this, yeah. which is, I think, the next one up. Yeah. So we'll see. All in all, though, I give this an A, two thumbs up. I do this too. is a really good pilot episode. Very and good. Uh, I'm excited to see... What Mr. Favreau and Mr. Filoni and George Lucas, who visited a lot, apparently, have cooked up for us. How many episodes do we get here? Do we know? Eight. Eight? Okay. Good. Eight episodes. Good. I'm really excited yes. for this. So we will be doing this uh, each week as they come out. And I'm, I'm excited. If you have not checked this out, please do. I think you can get a free week and mm-hmm. you get two episodes of this. Uh, for free during that week. So please check it out. This, If you're a Star Wars fan, I really think... You're going to like this. If, so. if you've been in the cold with it like we have, uh, come on in. Yeah. Because this really <laughs> has been a lot of fun to watch. And that's the other thing I want to uh, say, too. Wasn't this fun to watch? It was. I, I, I think I was kind of going with that earlier. but I kind of got off track. It has that same feel of those old movies, how fun they were. It feels the same compared yeah. to those, you know, last four yeah. that came out. The Disney Wars. Yeah, the Disney yeah. Wars aren't as fun. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am too. I am too. And like we said, if you, if you like them, more power to exactly. you. They're just not our thing. No. Um, so with that, well, anything else to add about The Mandalorian it. Chapter 1? I think that's it. That's all I've got. We will be back with a new episode highlighting Chapter 2, The Child. And until then, I am Dan. And I am Faith. Aunt Carrie, take us home. <laughs> Your Honor, I hope I slept 
with you to get the job? Because if not, who the hell was that guy? This is a coyote on behalf of the cast and crew of the Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We want to sincerely thank you for tuning in, and we want to remind you to tune in each and every week as we break down a new episode of The Mandalorian. May you stay one step in front of the Empire, and may the Force be with you. We'll see you further down the trail.